Well, if you've got a Bible, you might like to have it open at that passage we read from Luke chapter 18. And we're specifically looking this morning, uh, not from where we started to read, but from verse 35 to 43, and we're thinking about a blind beggar. Now, I wonder if you've ever wondered about what it's like to be blind. What sort of life would you lead? Let me just read to you what someone has said. Blindness is enveloping. It's beyond belief to step outside and see so little, just a milky haze. Indoors, a smothering dark. It means that you can't shed a mood of loneliness with a brisk walk down the street, just in case you might trip and fall and break something. Nor will you see a passing friend, the sight of whom could be as cheery as an actual conversation. Who are you? I may have already asked ten people that this morning already who have spoken to me. And their body language as well as their smiles, they're all lost to me. Human nature is striped with ambiguities and you need to see them. But like a prisoner, I'm hooded. I search for the bathroom light, guided by a ticking clock whose location I recognise. Everything becomes impromptu, hour by hour, improvised. The ears need schooling as a locator. Pouring coffee so it doesn't spill. Feeling for the toilet bowl so you won't pee on the floor. Calling 118118 for a phone number because you can't read the computer or the phone book. And eating, that takes considerable time since you can't see your food. Feeling for the scrambled eggs with your fingers. You fret about whether you appear disgusting. And shopping for necessities requires help. And so does travelling on a bus. The kindness of strangers is proverbial and a woman leads me through the bustle of the shopping mall to the shop that I'm looking for. Well, a little insight there into someone who, living today, is blind. And perhaps we can imagine a little of what it's like, perhaps the closest we can get to imagining that is perhaps uh, on a really dark night, getting up from bed, stumbling along in the darkness, trying to fire away around to the bathroom. Uh, I don't suppose you youngsters will have played uh, what I did as a small boy, a blind man's buff, with a, a blindfold over your eyes, not seeing where you're going, spin, being spun around. It's all very disorienting, disorientating, and it's, it, it's hard to imagine, isn't it, just what it's like to be blind. But we're thinking about a blind beggar this morning who lived in very different times to today, uh, and as such, he was a beggar. You see, he lived in a time when there's no help provided by the Royal National Institute of the Blind or Blind in Business to help you find a, a job, useful employment that was going to uh, be paying work. It's a real handicap. And so we're looking this morning about a blind beggar who lived at the time of Jesus. And we're going to read about one of Jesus' many miracles, uh, the healing of this man. They say that you don't miss what you've never had. Well, this man had once been sighted. He could see at one time, and he certainly would have missed seeing. Now he was blind. It would have been a real frustration to him. See, in verse 41 of that passage that we read, when Jesus asks him what he wants him to do for him, he says, let me recover my sight. And the Greek word there literally means to look up or see again. So the implication is he, he could see once upon a time and now he's lost his sight. 
and, and is really handicapped in this way. As we think about the healing of this blind man, I want us also to think about um, the fact that though we might not be physically blind, the fact that we, we can't not see with our eyes, there are times in our lives when we are, what we say, we are mentally blind, we are spiritually blind, uh, and we stumble through life not really knowing where we're going or what life is all about. We're spiritually blind, if not physically blind. Now, I asked uh, Robin to read those earlier verses, verses 31 to 34, because Chris, our pastor, was looking at those two weeks ago. And it's a passage where Jesus predicts his death for a third time, he tells his disciples. And it says that they, they didn't understand. They were blind to, to the truths about Jesus, what he was saying to them about his dying on the cross. <clears throat> Further on, over, over in Luke 19, it talks about these things being hidden from their eyes, being hidden from their mind. The disciples were mentally and spiritually blind. And it's probably, uh, probably the case that Luke, having mentioned this and talked about the disciples being spiritually blind, that he goes on to talk about the healing of this blind beggar. <clears throat> now, you will find the story of this uh, blind beggar in other Gospels too. You'll find it in, in, not just in Luke's account, but in Matthew, in chapter 20, verses 29 to 34, and in Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. <clears throat> Both Matthew and Mark uh, recount this healing of a blind man. And uh, in Mark, Mark says a little bit more. He says that this blind man was called Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. So we know a little bit more about him. But if you read those gospel accounts, you'll find that there are some differences. And I just want to stop and think about that for a minute. You see, in Luke, Luke says Jesus came across blind Bartimaeus as he was coming into Jericho, drawing near to Jericho. And Matthew and Mark say uh, blind, the blind man was healed as Jesus was leaving Jericho. Well, coming or going. There's a discrepancy there. Luke refers to, to one blind man. Mark refers to one blind man and names him as Bartimaeus. But Matthew says there are two blind men that Jesus healed. So, what's this? There, there are differences. Differences in the account. Now, the fact that there are differences in the Bible doesn't mean that it's unreliable and not to be believed. Um, when we've got separate reporters writing in a newspaper, separate eyewitness accounts of events, um, they don't always pick up on the same things. They, they, they seize on, on particular things that, they, that particularly impacted them, and they write their own account. They're not trying to deceive, they're not trying to confuse, they're just writing the things that they specifically remembered. So points of detail... Differences in points of detail can be expected when we read the accounts of the healing of this blind man. I want to say particularly to you younger people here this morning, um, that if people tell you that the Bible is unreliable and it's full of contradictions and so it can't be believed, don't listen to them. The Bible is God's word to men and women, young people. It's factual and we can confidently believe what is written. So
So, about these differences, well, whether or not he was healed as he was leaving or, or arriving in Jericho, it's quite conceivable that blind Bartimaeus or two blind men were by, by the side of the road, both as Jesus was coming into Jericho and as he was leaving. He may have, Luke uh, may have recorded the fact Bartimaeus was there as he approached Jerusalem, um, went on to talk about his healing, but his healing was when he was sat by the road as he left, when he was sat with another blind man. These are all uh, possibilities. <clears throat> and the fact that there were two blind men referred to by, uh, by Matthew, well, sometimes in the Bible, uh, perhaps only the most uh, significant person uh, is mentioned. Bartimaeus, it seems, was well known. He's, he's referred to as son of Timaeus. And there are other instances in the Bible too where we talk about the healing of one man or the healing of two men. There's a story of a demon-possessed man in the country of the Gadarenes. And uh, it speaks about uh, of this, this devil-possessed man being healed by Jesus. Um, and in Mark's Gospel, it speaks about this one man. But in Matthew and Luke, it talks about two men having uh, devils and being possessed by devils. But possibly Mark only mentions one because he was the more notable man at the time. So, differences explained. So let's stop and think about <clears throat> this, this story. Verses 35 to, to 43. And let's, uh, let's stand in the shoes of... Uh, of blind Bartimaeus or sit in the, in the dirt with blind Bartimaeus. <clears throat> Better get out in the streets and start begging or I'm going to have nothing to eat today. I hope so, someone's going to show me some compassion. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, usual spot I think. Always more people on the main road into and out of the city. Boy, it's getting hot already. Arms, arms, Oh, thank you, thank you. Arms, arms. Oh, what's this I hear? There's a commotion somewhere. Hmm, that's not a small group. That's not a small group of people. There's too much noise for that. I wonder what that's about. It's getting louder. It's coming my way. Whoa, that's a big crowd. Hey, hey, somebody, what's going on? Somebody tell me what's going on. Jesus? Jesus is on the street going by. Jesus of Nazareth. Hey, hey, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. What's that you said? Shut up. Don't tell me to shut up. This is my opportunity. Jesus has the power to heal people. He's the son of God. I've heard what he's done. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. What's that you said? Jesus has called me, called me to be brought to him. You're going to take me to him? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for stopping. What do I want you to do for me? Lord, let me recover my sight. I can see. Hey, everybody, I can see again. I can see again. Praise be to God of heaven. Praise to Jesus, God's son. Well, perhaps that's my imagining of blind Bartimaeus by the side of the road. Perhaps we can capture something of the, the urgency of this blind man wanting to speak to Jesus. And we read here, as we do in other passages in the Bible, of Jesus' power to heal. 
Blind Bartimaeus is not the first blind person that Jesus has healed. We read of uh, earlier in Mark's Gospel of Jesus healing a blind man at Bethesda. And there Jesus puts spittle on the blind man's eyes and lays his hands on him. And at first the, the blind man just says he can only see men like trees walking about. And then Jesus lays his hands on him again and he can see his sight's restored. And earlier in Matthew's Gospel we read about two blind men that come to Jesus after he's healed Jairus' daughter. And in John we read about the healing of a man born blind who was by the pool of Siloam. And the disciples think that this blind man is blind because his parents sinned or he sinned. <clears throat> the healing of the blind was just one of many deeds that Jesus did to show that he was the Son of God, the promised Messiah. I wonder if you remember what John the Baptist asked his, uh, his disciples to do to find out for him when he was in prison. Because John the Baptist had heard all that Jesus was doing. And he, from prison he sent some of his disciples to Jesus to ask him if he was the one who was to come. That is, if he was to be the Messiah. And we read in Luke chapter 7 and verse 18 that in that same hour, many who were blind, uh, Jesus on many who were blind, Jesus bestowed sight. And Jesus' reply to those disciples was to go back and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. Jesus had power to heal, and he had healed many blind men. And here in this passage in Luke 18... We read about the healing of the blind beggar, Bartimaeus. But I want us to think first of, well, I want us to think about Bartimaeus, I want us to think about the crowd. And first, I want us to think about the sighted but blind crowd. The sighted but blind crowd. Now, to say that every person in that crowd that was following Jesus on that day uh, was of the same mind, thinking of the same thoughts, had the same view of Jesus, well, that would be a very rash statement on my part. Um, I'm speculating here, and it's unfair to uh, tar everybody with the same brush, if you know what that phrase means. It's, uh, it's like when there's a bad group of football supporters, we say all oh, football supporters are bad. Um, just because uh, all this crowd, uh, I'm saying, is, is blind... Not all of them would have been, some would have understood who Jesus was. But let's consider uh, the people in the crowd. Why are they there? Why are they there, do you think? <clears throat> well, they've undoubtedly heard about Jesus' miracles, the many things that he's done. Um, they're fascinated by what's going on. And this Jesus is obviously someone very exceptional. And for them, it's become a bit of a, a Jesus bandwagon, uh, a travelling show. They don't want to miss anything. Uh, so they're following Jesus. This man's extraordinary. But it stops there in their minds. Because when Bartimaeus calls out, uh, calls out Jesus, uh, son of David, uh, or he calls out, he asks them what's going on, doesn't he? Uh, hearing the crowd going by, verse 36, he inquired, what, what does this mean? The people in the crowd tell him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Remember Jesus of Nazareth? 
it was someone once said very derisively about him, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Now, it wasn't uncommon at the time of, of Jesus that many people had the same name, and there would have been many people with the name Jesus. And so people got identified not just by their name, but by the town in which they lived, or, or the, the job of which they did. So Jesus was known as Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus the carpenter's son. Uh, to others, he was considered as some kind of prophet. And they were drawn to him because he was the man of the moment. He was doing remarkable things. I wonder if you remember what um, the disciples, some of Jesus' disciples said to him when Jesus asked them, uh, who do the crowd say that I am? Jesus asked them once uh, that question. It was back in Luke 9. And this is what the crowds had been saying, and this is what the disciples report to Jesus that the crowds have been saying. Some say you're John the Baptist. Others say you're Elijah. Others that you're one of the prophets of old that has risen from the dead. That's who they thought. They didn't think of Jesus as the Son of God, the man from heaven, the Christ of God, as Jesus, as uh, Peter then testifies. No, Jesus was just a spectacular man, possibly a prophet. But then, what were some of these people in the crowd like? Well, they didn't exhibit much compassion, did they? Did you, did you notice when Bartimaeus cries, cries out, there's a man in need and he wants help. And what do they say to poor old Bartimaeus? Shut up! Well, that's hardly being very compassionate and kind, was it? They weren't asking, like John the Baptist, are you the one who is to come, the promised Messiah? I don't think so. Nothing was further from their minds. See, they saw with their eyes all that Jesus did. All that he did to demonstrate he was the Messiah. They were sighted, they could see with their eyes, but they were blind. Blind in their minds, spiritually blind to who Jesus was. They were a sighted but blind crowd. But then we have Bartimaeus, who was a blind but sighted beggar. Bartimaeus, well, blind man, he had to beg. He was a man with great needs. But he didn't just sit around at home uh, hoping for the best. He did take action to alleviate his needs. He used to get out on the street begging. He wanted to uh, ensure he had some money in his pocket to buy some food. And because he took action and because he got out on the streets, well, he was in the way when Jesus came by. And he was in the way when Jesus came by and he was in a place where he could have all his needs met, far beyond his greatest expectation. Ways perhaps his wildest dreams could never imagine. Now, they say, if you lose one of your five senses, the others get heightened, because uh, you have to rely on them more. And if you're blind, well, your hearing's a bit sharper, uh, because uh, you can't see. <clears throat> now, blind Bartimaeus, he certainly made use of his hearing. He certainly picked up on, on the fact that the crowd was going by, as he, as he sat by the roadside. But I want to suggest to you that he made use of his hearing 
much more than that, because he listened to all that was being said about Jesus, all that other people said that Jesus was doing. He would have listened when people taught him from uh, the Old Testament scriptures that, that he had. He would have listened and learned, and it seems that he understood and he believed. He couldn't see what was going on around him, but he kept up to date with events. <clears throat> he knew, because of what people had told him from the scriptures, that Jesus was the Messiah to come. Jesus was in the line of David, and he would be known as the son of David. And that's what he calls out, isn't it? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus had turned, the blind received their sight, the lame walked again, lepers were cleansed, the deaf could hear again, dead were being raised to life again. And he believed, and faith was stirred in Bartimaeus' heart. This Jesus must surely be the promised Messiah. And so he calls out to Jesus for mercy. He calls out with all his energy. And there's an urgency in his voice. Did you notice that when he calls out? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. There's an urgency. And he calls and he calls and he calls again until Jesus stops. Jesus hears. And Jesus asks to see him. And what does Jesus do? Jesus stops, doesn't he? He stops and he heals. <coughs> And he says in verse 42, what do you, verse 41, what do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus says, let me recover my sight. Look what Jesus says in verse 42. And he said to him, recover your sight, but your faith has made you well. Blind Bartimaeus sees again, and he sees again because he believes. He believes that Jesus is the Son of God from heaven, who has the power to heal. And so he believes in God, his sight is restored, and he goes on following Jesus and glorifies God, verse 43, we read. Now I want to ask all of you here this morning as we think about uh, this crowd and, and blind Bartimaeus, who are you aligned with? Are you with the majority of that crowd, or are you with blind beggar Bartimaeus? If you'd been there on the streets with Jesus that morning, what would you have been thinking? Who do you think Jesus is? Why have you come to church this morning? You might say, well, I've come because uh, I'm on camp and I have to come. But have you come because, or do you go ordinarily other weeks because you're fascinated by the Jesus of history who walked the streets of Palestine, did wonderful things, goes no further than that? Or is coming to church and being part of a group that has something to do with Jesus, is that stimulating, is that exciting? Nothing more than that. Do you like being part of a youth group because you're doing fun things together? And uh, yeah, it's good. But are you blind, like so many in that crowd? And you can't see who Jesus really was and is. You don't see that you need to have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That you need a spiritual healing, that you need faith in God and in Jesus. You need to have your sins forgiven through personally trusting in the death of Jesus. <clears throat> I say to you this morning, you might be blind, 
And you might not yet understand who Jesus is. But keep using those ears and keep listening. Keep listening out to God. Speak to you from his word. And don't stop coming to church. And don't stop enjoying the company of Christians. You might be blind this morning like the crowd. Spiritually blind. But keep listening. But then in verse 43 it also says that after Bartimaeus was healed that all the people when they saw it gave praise to God. That sounds like everybody in the crowd suddenly believed, doesn't it? But it doesn't say they believed. It just says they gave praise to God. You see, I've known people who give a passing acknowledgement to God and and Jesus. Uh, They might express thankfulness to God when something good happens in their life, when uh, a family member recovers from a very serious illness or a bad accident, but it's only fleeting. They thank God, praise God for a moment, and then he's forgotten, and he's out of their lives altogether. So I think that the great many in the crowd who praised God that morning still didn't understand and they remained spiritually blind. Or if you were there that morning, uh, I say to you this morning, are you someone in in whom there's been a stirring of belief? Belief in Jesus is someone who's died to take away God's punishment for your sins and you know that your sins need to be forgiven but as yet you haven't asked him to forgive you. You're no longer spiritually blind, but you long for God's healing forgiveness. Then I say to you, like Bartimaeus did all those years ago, call on Jesus with a real urgency. Call out to God again and again and again until he, as it were, stops and says to you, what do you want me to do for you? And you say, Lord, forgive my sins. And you know that you are forgiven as the Lord Jesus Christ comes into your life. God has promised that those who, he will reward those who diligently seek him. And if you seek God's forgiveness today, he who comes to God, God has said he will never, ever cast away. Perhaps you're blind, perhaps you're someone who sees and uh, it just needs to be calling out to Jesus. Or maybe you're someone who was blind but now you see and you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour and you're rejoicing like Bartimaeus did and praising God this morning because your blindness to the truths about Jesus has been taken away and you have faith in God. That is tremendous if that's you this morning. Saved from eternal punishment, healed, cleansed, forgiven. And perhaps thinking about blind Bartimaeus this morning has renewed that joy in you. You've realised again, yes, just how wonderful it is to know your sins forgiven, to be healed. Or maybe you have believed and trusted Jesus and you realise this morning that the joy that you once had, like Bartimaeus, well, you've lost that. And you lament that, like the, like the man who wrote the hymn, who said, Where is the blessedness I knew when first I saw the Lord? Where is the soul-refreshing view of Jesus and his word? Well, if you've lost that joy, then ask God to restore it to you. So we have this morning a blind beggar who thought about Bartimaeus. And I say to you all again this morning, 
Are you blind like the sighted crowd? Or are you sighted like blind Bartimaeus?